Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Amen. Just as you're standing, remain standing. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of Joshua chapter 14. Joshua chapter 14. We are in a series of messages called Crossover. I really believe that we are in a season of crossing over from the desert into the promised land, from slavery into freedom, that walking out from the, from the bondages into the blessings of God. And let me also say this as we, we're doing so, we honor Paragon this morning, second service. Paragon will be graduating and we'll be gathering together to celebrate the, these wonderful disciples and uh, going to be a wonderful time. But uh, until then, right now, jo- Joshua chapter 14, I want to talk to you about an individual by the name of Caleb. Caleb. Everyone say, we are able. Come on, look at your neighbor. Tell him, we are able. Look at the people across from you and tell him, we are able. This individual, Caleb, is 85 years old. Anyone here 85 years old or over? Raise your hand. I want you to notice something about this man. I need you to understand something. In Joshua chapter 14, before there was original sin, there was original blessing. We always talk about generational curses, but what about generational blessing? What about walking in the blessing that that, that your parents blazed a trail for, that your kids are walking in, and then your grandkids will walk in? Many of the blessings that I have in my life are not because I work for it, but because my dad and my mom worked for it. And I want you to understand that I'm experiencing blessing today that I didn't earn. I got blessing today because of the legacy that has been passed down before me. I'm here to tell you this morning that you got to stop looking at the generational curses and start recognizing God's default has always been blessing. God's God's, uh, design and plan for your life has always been blessing for mankind. And I want you to understand that regardless of what we've done, that when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, all the curses are gone and we begin to walk in the original blessing that God had designed for our lives. Come on, somebody say amen. Those blessings that God has laid away for us, we refer to as promises. And Joshua 14, verse 10 says this. Now then, just as the Lord promised, everyone say promised. He has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today. I love this. Here I am today, 85 years old. This is Caleb speaking. And I am just as strong today. I'm just as strong today as I was when I stood at the base of this mountain 45 years ago. And the same mountain I saw and said, God, I want this mountain. 
This mountain's gonna be mine. This is where the generations will be blessed. I need you to understand. Notice what he says. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. Just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Come on, bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Everyone says, Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want to stir you up this morning. I want to challenge you right now. Because there have been promises that have been given to you that have yet to come about yet. You've seen them. You, you, you saw the promise afar off. You, you, you smelt it. You, you felt it. You, you, you were standing at the base of that promise. But all of a sudden, that thing didn't come about the way you thought it was. You thought God was going to give it to you in that moment. But because of partnerships, because of connections with other individuals, that promise has been delayed. Not denied, but it's been delayed. I need you to understand that who you hang out with can affect the promises and the timeline God has for your life. Caleb's name means wholehearted or single-minded. His name literally in another version says dog. Wholehearted or dog. Now, when you look at that, it could seem to be a derogatory term. But when we see Caleb referred to as a dog, that's that pit bull mentality that I'm not going to let go. I'm going to get a hold of this thing and I'm going to hold on to it until I get it. It was talking about faithfulness, zeal. It was talking about ruthlessness, being brave and bold. So when he's referred to as a dog, it's talking about those qualities that he had. Now, 40 years earlier, or excuse me, 45 years earlier, Caleb's a 40-year-old man. When Moses comes to him and the children of Israel, after they've come out of Egypt, after the Red Sea opened, after they walked through on dry land, after they see a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud, after God brings down manna from heaven, water from a rock, they are now standing in a place called Kadesh Barnaum. Kadesh Barnaum is a place of crossing. It's a place of decision. Every one of us has a Kadesh Barnaum in our lives. We come to a point, am I going to get married or am I not? Am I going to have kids or am I not? Am I going to break this addiction or am I not? Am I going to buy the house, get the car? What am I going to do? Am I going to get healthy? I want you to understand that, that, that we come to a Kadesh Barnaum point where we have to make a determination if we're going to go across or we're going to stay where we're at. Moses gets the children of Israel together and he says, I'm going to send out 12 spies, one from every 12 tribe of Israel. And I want you to do this. I want you to take a look at the land and find out, is it everything God said it was? And I want you to bring back a report of the land and of the city and of the people that dwell there. And they go. Now, now Caleb was one of those men. 45 years earlier, he stood at the very mountain that he said, this is going to be my home. Come on, this land is going to be mine. Uh, this is going to be where I'm going to, uh, 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 I'm going to establish for my family. See, I need you to understand, 10 of the 12 uh, spies came back and said this. It's everything God said it is. Everything God said that this land is, it is. God didn't lie but I don't think we could take it. They believed in the land being good, but they they didn't believe in God being strong enough to give it to them. 
How does that happen? They saw 10 plagues. They saw God fight on their behalf. Lice, flies, frogs. They saw the sky turn to black. They saw the water turn to blood. They saw the firstborn of every animal and living being die. They saw God bring them out by a strong hand. They experienced it firsthand. And the moment they came across, they found themselves facing the Red Sea. God opens up the sea. They walk through on dry ground. And then he covers the enemies that came against them. They saw a pillar of fire by, by, by night and a pillar of cloud by day. They got manna when they woke up in the morning. They got quail in the afternoon. They had the glory of God around them. And yet after everything God did for them, they still didn't believe God could give them the land. We have such a short memory when it comes to who God is. We, we could look at the children of Israel and think, man, what's wrong with you guys? But how many times that many of you sitting here right now, you shouldn't be here today. But if it wasn't for the grace of God, you didn't go through a Red Sea. You went through a prison. You went through an addiction. You went through a sickness. You went through diabetes. You went through cancer. But today, God showed up in your life and he delivered you through every struggle that you went through. And yet today, now, because God healed your body, put your marriage together, saved your children, you are still doubting whether God's able to act on his promises. Caleb is one of 12, one of two, two, two spies. It was just him and Joshua that told everyone, hey, man, we can do this. We are able. Everyone say we are able. So I want you to see what's, what's taking place here. God's promises were good, but they doubted the process. And the people didn't believe God. In fact, the word that, that they didn't, don't believe, God literally wants to wipe them out. And he's telling Moses, I'm going to wipe these people out and I'm going to start over with you. I'm going to create a new environment, a new people, a new family. I'm going to wipe all these people out and we're going to start over again. See, they agreed that the goodness of the land that God promised them was real, but they disagreed with God as to the plausibility of taking that land. I want you to recognize they didn't believe. That word unbelief means to provoke, to spurn, to hate, to literally rebel, reject, or refuse to believe God. They refused to believe God after they had seen God do everything in front of them. Notice this. Numbers chapter 14, verse 28 and through 34, it says, So tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do the very thing I have heard you say. Listen to me. God is saying this. I heard you talk about it. I heard you say that we can't take the land. I heard you say that our children will become what will end up in bondage to these people. I heard you say that we can't take it. And God tells them this. As you have spoken in my hearing, let it be unto you. I don't agree with what you said, but because you said it, I'm going to let what everything that you decreed, everything you spoke, because man was created in the image of God, and we also create with the words that we speak, that the words that you decree determine whether you can take the land or whether you're not. 
So what am I telling you? You got to watch the words that come out of your mouth because every word that you speak to your marriage, every word you speak to your children, every word you speak to your community, every word we speak about the state of California, you are creating an atmosphere as to whether miracles can happen or not. Oh, you ain't hearing me this morning. I'm just critiquing what's going on. I'm just talking about, I, I don't agree with what's going on in the government. You see, all you're doing is you have the responsibility to shift environments, not reflect them. He tells them in verse 34 of chapter 14 of Numbers, 40 years, how many? 40 years, one year for each day, or one year for each of the 40 days you explored the land. Did you catch that? For, for every day you walk to take a look at the promised land to see if it was everything I said it was, for every day that you questioned, it'll be a year of delay on your promise. If that is still the mathematical equation that God uses for our lives and our promises, I ain't going to see the promises God has for my life forever. Because I've had a lot of days of doubt. Am I the only one? He says for each of the 40 days that you explored the land, each day you, you try to examine whether my word was true. Instead of examining it, you should have crossed over. Instead of spying the land, you should have taken it. Instead of wondering if my promise was true, you should have walked into it. And many of us are trying to figure out the plausibility of what God has promised in your life instead of walking in the promise that God gave for your life. See, I want you to understand God wanted more for his people than the people wanted for themselves. They, the land had everything God promised them, but they just didn't believe they could take it. I want, I want to share with you three things very quickly. They had, the, they had a, what they call the, what's referred to as a grasshopper mentality. That grasshopper mentality we find in Numbers 13, 33, when they, when they went across, this is what they say. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak from Nephilim. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. See, th this is the problem. I, grab a hold of this this morning. Please tune in. You don't want to leave this morning without capturing this. They, they saw giants in the land, and they refer to them as the descendants of Anak. Anak and all his descendants died at the flood. Okay, maybe let me, let me try this side. All the descendants of Anak died at the flood. They didn't survive the flood. But their memory of the past, their memory of the giants before the flood. I'm not saying that there weren't giants in the land. I'm not saying that there weren't big people in the land. But what I am telling you is this, is that they remembered something that wasn't there. They had the grasshopper. They said well, we were grasshoppers in their sight. They were viewing themselves through the lenses of their past rather than through the lenses of God's promises. You see, when we view God through the lenses of our weaknesses rather than viewing ourselves through the lenses of God's strength, 
We look at things based on where our weakness lies instead of looking at where God's power lies. You gotta change your lenses. You gotta change your outlook to recognize what God is doing. They had a jacked up perspective. Joshua 14, verse 12, it says, he says this, 45 years later, he's at the same mountain. He says this, now give me this hill country the Lord promised me on that day. You yourselves heard that the, that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. I want you to see, I want you to see three things he does. Number one, he sees the mountain. You see your prom. You got to see your promise. I, I want you to capture this. Caleb didn't hear about the mountain. He stood there. He saw the rivers. He saw the trees. He saw the people dwelling in that land. I want you to know you got to first see your promise in order to claim that promise. Caleb put a claim on the mountain the day he saw it. Others may have delayed his occupation, but they couldn't deny it. Caleb is clear. I want this mountain. Give it to me. This mountain belongs to me. It belonged to me 45 years ago, and it belongs to me right now. That mountain is mine. And I want you to understand, when Caleb saw that mountain, he held on to the mountain in his heart until he was able to hold it with his hands. He didn't let the dream die. You know what's a trip? He doesn't pick a little city. He picks a mountain. He doesn't pick a place where there's small people in the land. He picks a place that, where there's giants in the land. He, there's easier places to live. You're not hearing me. There's easier places to live than with Christ. There's easier things to do than to follow Christ. The easy thing to do is just let it go and follow the enemy. The easy thing to do is not fight and just go and get drunk, get, cheat on your wife, on your husband. It's easy just to go the life of sin. It is hard to commit your life to Christ and to keep on plugging away on a daily basis and take the things that God has for your life. You see, I'm not looking for easy. I'm looking for my promise. I'm not looking for what's easy in life. I'm looking for what God promised me. Verse 23 of chapter 14 of Joshua, he says, Not one of them will ever see the land I promised an oath to their ancestors. Not one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it, because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. I will bring him into the land, into the land he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. Because Caleb believed me, I'm going to bless his descendants. I, I, Tom, you got to believe today for your descendants to be blessed tomorrow. I got to believe today for my descendants to be blessed tomorrow. You got to understand, you got to believe today so that your descendants will be blessed tomorrow. It's not about me. It's about the generations that are coming after me. I got to make sure I'm standing at that mountain and holding on and taking that mountain for me, my wife, my kids, my grandkids, and the generations coming after us. Someone say amen. Secondly, you got to change the environment. He was hanging around with 12 or 10 jokers that didn't believe God's word. And when they said, we can't do this, he says, we are able. So he had to change the environment. What am I saying? God says, I'm going to wipe these people out. I'm gonna, Moses intercedes for him and says, God, if you wipe them out, you're going to waste the miracle that you brought everyone out through. 
But God was saying this, I'm going to create a new environment, a new atmosphere. I'm going to create a new people, a new culture. And I'm going to start it with you, Moses. And Moses is like, God, don't, don't do that. Most of us would be like, yeah, God, yeah, let's do that. Let's get rid of all these folks. Let's wipe them all out. I'm tired of dealing with these individuals. But that wasn't Moses' heart. But let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a promise delayed because of who you were attached to? Let me ask that again. Have you ever had the promises of God delayed in your life because of who you were attached to? Caleb stood at this mountain 45 years earlier, but his promise was delayed because other people didn't believe. Now, they, they... They could delay his promise. They couldn't deny it. They're not the ones that gave him the promise. There's some people working hard against the promises of God on your life right now. But you know what? You didn't give me the promise, so you can't take it away. See, there was a new mentality needed for this new season. And so I want you to see what happens in verse 28 of, of, of Numbers. It says... But these people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. You see, fear causes you to see what's not really there. So what you have to do is get around a new, create a new atmosphere so you can start building faith, not fear. Ten of them focused in on obstacles instead of opportunities. Caleb believed he could take the, take the land. Amen. And so he had to change the environment because there's certain things that don't grow outside of certain environments. Right. What, what, I love gardening, but one of the things I found is that if I plant a plant too early in a certain environment, it won't make it. Not just because of the environment, but because of the predators that are in that environment as well. If I put something too small in the wrong environment too early, the bugs and the, the, the different things around will end up eating that thing before it has a chance to grow. But when I plant a plant that's strong enough to operate in that environment and grow, the, the things in that area, the bugs can't make and can't destroy that plant because it's too strong. You either have to change your environment or get strong enough to survive it. In fact, this is where we close. Lastly, everyone say lastly. You got to hold on. You could help me this morning. I said, we got to hold on. Come on, tell your neighbor, hold on. We got to start trusting the promises of God over our problems. Start trusting the word of God over our worries and trust God's character over our crisis. Too many times we allow those things to, to blind us as to who God is. I love what RG3, his, his, uh, Robert Griffin III from uh, quarterback in the NFL, he made a comment recently that just really grabbed a hold of my attention. He says, faith can remove mountains, but doubts can create them. Your faith can move mountains, or your faith can hold on to a mountain. 
Caleb held on to that mountain for 45 years. He had stood at that mountain. He heard the sound of the river going. He heard, the, he remembers the wind blowing on his face. He can remember looking up and seeing the trees as the sun set behind it. He saw it. You see, that vision, didn't. he didn't just have a hold of that mountain. That mountain had a hold of him. He held on to it. How do you go forward when everyone is telling you to give up? Man, you know what? Just divorce her. Just leave them. Just, just forget about them. They're, they're never going to serve God. They're never going to get it right. You got people around you telling you, just give it up. Let it go. You're never going to be sober. You're never going to be healthy. You're never going to be out of debt. You're never going to get through this thing. I'm here to tell you today that you got to hold on to the promises of God. You got to hold on and say, that's mine. That even though everyone tells you to give up, Caleb held on. See, I want to encourage you this morning as we get ready to close. Pray the promise, not the problem. Pray the promise, not the problem. So I need you to understand, he saw it with his eyes, but he held it with his heart. He saw his marriage restored. He saw his children playing on that mountainside. He saw his family debt free. He saw them addiction free. He saw them healthy, joyful, blessed. He saw them serving God. He saw a home on that mountain. He didn't see giants. He saw legacy. Stop looking at the obstacles and start looking at the opportunities. Caleb says in verse 30 of chapter 13 of Numbers, he says, Caleb silenced the people. This is when all of them say, we can't do this. Caleb gets everyone, hey, just, just be quiet. This is what he tells them. We should go up. I love this dude. Dude's 40 years old right here. He's not 85. This is when he's 40. We should go up and take possession of the land. Because we I want you to understand this. Caleb doesn't deny the facts that there are obstacles. Listen, faith does not deny facts. It just doesn't allow the facts to change the truth. The fact is you're sick. The fact is you may have cancer, but cancer doesn't have you. The, the fact is, your body may be ill, but the truth is, is that he is Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. The truth is, you might be broke right now, but the, the, the fact is, you may be broke, but the truth is, he's Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. The fact is, you're depressed right now, but the truth is, he's Jehovah Shalom, the God that gives me peace. The truth, the fact may be, you may be surrounded by your enemies, but the truth is, that as long as God is in me, that I I'm an overcomer through Christ Jesus. I need you to understand right now, it doesn't matter what the facts may be. I know the truth, and the truth shall set me free. Come on, somebody give God praise. Just as you're standing right now, hold on. No matter how long it takes, hold on. 
Doesn't matter if you don't go with me, I'm going alone. Doesn't matter if you believe that I could take the mountain, as long as God gave me the promise, I'm taking it. Too many of us are too concerned about who's going with us. And you're allowing your promises to be connected to the wrong people. Do you realize that sometimes the promise God gave to you was to get you away from certain environments? He says, we are able. Let me change that this morning. You are able. Those of you at home, you are able. Every promise God gave you, there is no expiration date to the promises of God. He says, we are able to prevail. We are able to succeed. We are superior. We are victorious. We are able to bear, to endure. We are capable. We can do this. We can succeed. What is a promise that you've been asking God for? We can do this. We can do this. Where are we going to as a church? We could do this. Where are we going through as a country? We could do this. What are we going through as a family? We can do this. You are able. It doesn't matter to me who's sitting in Washington. What happens in the White House isn't half as important as what's happening in my house. What happens in my house is more important than what happens in any other house. And I'm here to tell you, babe, through PV, through cancer, through diagnoses, we're able. We're able. We can do it because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So Heavenly Father, we pray for every person right now, everyone within the sound of my voice online and those here right now. You have a promise on your life. You have a promise that God's given to you and you have begun to doubt because of all the obstacles and roadblocks around you. You're beginning to doubt the promise of God. You might doubt the process. Don't deny the promise. And you don't have to understand the process in order to receive the promise. Mary didn't understand it and God did it anyhow. You may not understand how God's going to do it. All you got to do is hold on and believe God will do it. Father, I pray for every heart, every mind. You have a promise that God's given to you. I want you just to lift your hand. Pastor, I haven't held it yet. I've seen it. I, I haven't touched it. I've seen it. I, I feel it in my heart for my marriage, my family, my children. Well, whatever it is, whether it's to get that house, whether it's to buy that car, start that business, whether it's to break that addiction, whether it's to start that family, whatever it is, that's something God has placed in your heart and you have not yet held it. You've seen it, but you haven't held it. I'm here to tell you this morning that we are. We are able. We are able. Father, I pray for every heart right now in Jesus' name. For every obstacle, for those at home and those here in this place right now. 
Lord, I thank you for the promises that you gave to us because your promises reflect your goodness. Lord, I ask that your promises would just be released over every person here. Greatest promise you gave to us was eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So to any here right now, my God, that don't know Christ and have not yet received the greatest promise of all, and that's eternal life, Lord, we just right now, we make a commitment to you right now. Say this with me, Heavenly Father, I receive you now as Lord and Savior. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again. And I take the promise of abundant life seriously this morning. I want abundant life. I want to be a follower of Jesus today. I want to leave the dysfunction behind me and follow Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you said that prayer, come on, yeah, go ahead and... If you said that prayer, those of you at home and those here, do me a favor and text the word ALIVE to 408-340-7703. 408-340-7703. Text the word ALIVE. We want to reach out to you. We want to minister to you. For those of you here right now, just stay where you are. We're going to open up the altars. We want to pray for you. For those of you at home, we're praying for you until we see you live, until we're gathered together once again in a service live. We want to invite you to come join us. But until then, love God, love people, and let's change the world. God bless you this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.